Hi, Patrick Clark here. I'm with Brian Friend. Brian, how are you feeling today? Pretty good. Uh, semifinals test complete for me and getting ready to watch the athletes do them uh, this week in Orlando. And that's actually why we're here talking is, uh, you know, we're going to talk about those workouts. How's it? How's your body feel after doing, I guess, seven workouts across three days? I, I think, um, you know, the body held up kind of better than I thought. I wouldn't say that I trained for this or was specifically preparing for like that many, you know, density of tests in that short of a time period. It was kind of a last minute decision. I do like to test the workouts when I'm going to cover them. And in this case, you know, be covering them for three weeks. So I think it gives me a little bit different perspective. And to have the opportunity to do it kind of in the order and over the amount of time that they'll actually be doing the tests, I, I just kind of thought, why not? Because, you know, because some of the tests, if you just do them, uh, on a, you know, on a day at the gym or if you're well-rested and you go and do them, you may do very well and your scores may hold up. Um, but when you do them after the other things that come before them, I think there's a, a, a reason behind that. I think especially with Adrian programming that he's a little bit clever and thoughtful in that regard. And so I wanted to kind of experience that for myself. So this isn't the first time that you've actually like done the workouts um, to see the stimulus or to put yourself what the athletes are going through. Uh, when did you start doing that? I, I w I've done it in different capacities, I would say, over the years. Um, sometimes if I work with a competition and I actually have the workouts ahead of time or have an opportunity to talk to the programmer, I'll do the workouts to give feedback prior to the competition, which is a little different. You know, you're not necessarily doing all of them or doing them all back to back to back, but you do get to have a little bit of a impact or a conversation about why was this program this way, or especially when it comes to floor layout and ease of kind of following the workout. Um, it's rare that I would do the whole competition, you know, but it's also rare that the athletes will be taking the same test three consecutive weekends. So this is probably the first time that I've really done it this way, where I've had a chance to do all the workouts in order over the same amount of time that they'll do them. So in that regard, it's kind of new. Yeah. So how would you use that? How are you using that to determine your analysis or your rankings or even your predictions? I mean, uh, this you said this is one of the first times you've actually done that, but I mean, what was the intent in there? Well, in general, just you know, doing CrossFit workouts for a decade, I know that sometimes you look at a workout and you think you know what it's going to feel like or where the sticking point's going to be, and then you go and do the workout and you realize, even if you weren't that far off, that maybe there's a little bit more to it than you thought at first, and um. In, in particular, when you're talking about evaluating a very competitive field of athletes with a lot on the line, kind of an understanding where those nuanced things are, whether it's within one workout or the entirety of the competition, I think can kind of, for me at least, it can kind of pinpoint into, okay, uh, what athletes might excel at this kind of junction that's tough compared to some athletes that may struggle in that same spot of the workout or, or workout over the course of the weekend. Did you find it challenging? Um, obviously, not all the information was put out about the workout. So you had to, I guess, there's a lot of guesswork. Um, and plus, you're kind of limited because obviously you're not doing this at, you know, one of these uh, semifinals where you have more room, you don't know the layout, but you're doing it at a local affiliate, uh, local to you in the Chicago area. I mean, what are some of the challenges when it comes to something like that? I think 
just getting the mindset right. Like I was really searching for the stimulus that the athletes will most likely feel. So obviously there's certain cases where I can't do the weight or the volume or the skill of whatever they're going to be required to do. And so within the parameters of what I knew about the workouts, what was available to me and what my, my, my limitations are physically, I tried to kind of come up with a version of the workout where I would be in the expected time domain or do a sim- like do the expected volume of work. And I think that in, in most cases, I, I was successful in that regard. Um, so let's start with day one. You did obviously workout one and two. Um, mm-hmm. What did you find out? Uh, let's start with workout one. What what did you gain from that? What what type of uh, stimulus were you looking for in that? I mean, it's it's the longest workout of the weekend, and it's the first workout of the weekend. And you know, athletes will be well prepared, well tapered, well rested coming into this. And you start off right up, right off the back with this three thousand meter echo bike. And I think that you'll see some athletes fall into a little bit of a trap there in terms of hitting that too hard. For me, at least. It's the back half of the run and everything after that where this workout is really like really kind of picks up steam. So you'll, you know, you'll, you get to that runner and you realize you're going to be on it for, you know, seven and a half to 10 minutes, depending on how good of a runner you are and how, how much can you push knowing what's still to come. Uh, I think that the sled pull, like the sled pulls that they have to do are going to be variable to some people that crush those, some people that that's going to just be kind of a, hindrance to their overall performance in the workout. But if you can manage them well, the back half of the run and the back half of the ski are where decisions have to be made. What about workout number two? I mean, how long of a break did you take between one and two? Well, this is this is something that I was not really, I didn't have unlimited time to simulate the, the rest between workouts. So I basically did, like, I would do one test and then 30 minutes later I would do the other each day. So and that's I took about a 30-minute break. And... You know, this this test too is um, it's a high skill gymnastics test. Obviously, they're going to be doing it with some weight on their back in the form of the ruck. But for me, it was just a matter of can I even do this skill of ring complex? Found out I could, and then I tried to I, I tried to approximate what I think the realistic time domain remaining in each working interval would be for the athletes. And I pick a number of ring complexes and pistols, which I'm very slow at, that I could do in that time. So I had between 75 and 85 seconds for burpee box get overs each round. And I was able to get uh, 12, 12 and 15. So I think that's somewhat similar to what the athletes will, will experience. I, I don't, I don't, I think for the people that can handle the ruck and the skills well here, that capacity wise, they'll be able to push. So you, I think you might see that uptick in the last round, knowing that there's nothing coming in after it. And you can just kind of sell out at the end of day number one. Yeah. We talked about workout number two and one of the unknown variables is obviously the ruck. You obviously didn't wear a ruck or did you wear a vest or anything like that or just go body? Body weight. Okay. So knowing, I mean, obviously the athlete that the athletes are doing this, they're well, they're well versed in, you know, they're much better than me. (laughs) I didn't want to say it. Those are your words. Those are your words. But most of them are used to working out, doing movements like this with a vest or recently some of them, I mean, we've seen at Waterpalooza and the past where they've done bring muscle ups with uh with a ruck on um what how much of a difference do you think that ruck's gonna make for these i think what i did compared to what they'll do from a relatively difficulty standpoint is fine it's comparable i think that having that weight displaced on your back is gonna be a little different for each athlete and you've um had a chance to talk to some athletes who've done it before just because you're good at ring muscle ups doesn't guarantee that you'll be good with the ruck on uh, if it, it re- I think it really favors the strong puller 
more than anything else with that weight kind of, you know, holding, holding you back. And then you might have to adjust the angle of a kind of uprise instead of letting the hips come up as high, it might be a little bit more vertical. So I think the stronger pullers in the field gain a little bit of an advantage from having the ruck, but for the, like the athletes that are really competitive to go to the games, I still think that this is, I think the ruck will have some impacts going forward to the next two days in the way that the body feels. But I think within the context of that workout, it's still kind of a, a, a range of motion and capacity test. All right. So you go home, rest 24 hours, hopefully 24 hours. Got a good night's sleep. You got some food in you. Day two. Let's talk about let's talk about day two. Yeah, it starts with Lynn, though. I was probably looking forward to that the least, but part of that's just because I've done it the most. I've done that workout before. Now with the dumbbell-barbell combination, I've done each individually. Um, so I was, I guess I was like, ah, Linda, it's Linda. I know it's like, it's not that fun to do it. It's a challenging workout any way you slice it. Um, but I, you know, I got through it. I scaled it down to, to try to hit the time cap. I was like 20 seconds over the time cap. So I was really happy with the weights that I picked. I felt like, you know, just kind of a deliberate pace for me from beginning to end was the way to go. I tried to pick it up a little bit at the end, obviously like the rounds of four, three, two, one, if you're, if you're proficient and move the transitions well, you can finish those in like 60 to 90 seconds. But, um, I was starting to, to like, this is where I start to ask the questions of how does day one impact day two? And the, the very obvious is the pecs. You know, if you're been on the, on the rings doing the extra dip, you're pressing off the ground, um, for the burpee, what's, how's that going to affect the dumbbells? The dumbbells are already heavy, cumbersome and awkward. And you, you know, you need both arms to be firing at the same time. So I did feel it in the pecs a little bit. I felt like I really had to st stay tight there. Um, and I didn't even do the full volume or at the ruck that those guys did. So I think it'll have a little bit of an effect, but overall it's just, uh, I, I think for a lot of these guys, it's, it's mostly, well, if, if you can manage the dumbbells, which is kind of the unknown, then it's just about heart rate management. Um, and for people who cycle barbell, well, I think I have a huge advantage because my, my heart rate went up on the squat cleans for sure. But if there's athletes that are proficient at that, that, that I think that's where the separation is at. And then now, now we transition to what my favorite workout is of the weekend, only because I love them. Good heavy barbell is four and five. So tell me how you uh, how you manage that. Um, did you run outside? I mean, was this something you did on an air runner? I mean, we don't know what the running's going to be. We like. do know now. We do. Okay. Yeah, they posted the um, the workouts on the game site today, and it is an assault air runner. I used an assault air runner, not knowing that it was that, just because it was most convenient at the location I was um, doing the tests. Uh, and I finished Linda and I was like, there's no way, like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do a heavy snatch right now. But 30 minutes later, I was feeling a little better and okay. And I, I warmed up to a weight that I thought would be like a safe opening weight. I did a little like running back and forth just to get the heart rate up and then tried to snatch it. I felt like it was okay. So then I just kind of went right into it head first. My intent was to run the first, to try to get to the barbell with two minutes left. So I wanted to have two minutes. And the reason I wanted to do that was... I think that's what a lot of the athletes will have. By the time they lift their first snatch, it'll be like two minutes on the clock counting down. And I wanted to know, changing my own weights, set, taking a good amount of time to set up, how many lifts could I realistically get in? And I was able to do three. I was successful on all three. I hit about 90% on my one rep max, which is, I think, kind of what's expected. Um, so I was like really happy with that. And then like, basically, I was like riding a high off of that snatch into the second part. Um, and I, you know... I haven't run a ton, but that's like that run at the end of day two is, I mean, you have to, I think you're going to have to make it hurt. And this is like, 
it's one of, I, I would say like, I think that the end of each um, day, you have to make that decision. The last round of the burpees, like you have to make it hurt. That last run, you have to make it hurt. And then we'll, we'll get to test seven. One thing you mentioned was you mentioned warmed up and that's something that athletes, obviously they're going to be able to do in the warm up area. They're going to warm up to, you know, a certain percentage or who knows, but then they're going to have to sit around those corrals for a while. Obviously that's something that you didn't, um, you didn't simulate during this, but, uh, talk about how that's going to affect the athletes. Yeah. I mean, I think in most cases, athletes are prepared for that. When you talk about test four and five, though, it's a little different ball game. I mean, going for a, a 90% snatch when you're tired halfway through a competition have, and, um, and your snatch is 300 pounds to begin with, like that's a lot of weight and you're in a forced time domain that you feel the pressure of that six-minute clock and you've just been standing around for 20 minutes on top of all of that. That doesn't sound that safe to me, quite honestly. Back it up with an 800-meter sprint, I mean – especially on the air runner, like people are going to be going for that. And I don't know if you get off the air runner and then have to run across the competition floor or not, but I'm like, just, I'm hopeful they reduce that, that corral time as much as they physically can to give athletes the best chance to be injury free, free through a heavy snatch and a tight time window and a sprint at the end of the second day of competition. Do you think we're going to see many, uh, 200 pound snatches out of the women? I think I think you'll see a couple. I mean, I think that a majority of the athletes will be able to to push the 85 90% of their one rep max and obviously there's a few women across all the semifinals that can snatch out, you know, over 220 or so. Yeah, that'd be great. So, moving on to day 3, the final day. Uh your broad body's how's your body feeling going into the final day right now? My legs were feeling it, the posterior chain from uh, from the run a little bit. I think that the athletes will have, will experience a little bit of that, especially also because I mentioned the ruck with those pistols, and the box get overs. I think that'll t- wear on their their posterior a little bit more. Um, but I didn't think it necessarily made too much of an impact on test six. I was feeling like I felt pretty good coming into that for the skills that it was. I thought I was going to require, which is mostly shoulder stamina and stability. Uh, and it was, that I think is in a, in a vacuum, that's the hardest test of the weekend. I mean, I, I, I think that no matter how good you are at the gymnastic skills that it's still challenging in a, you know, with this kind of like dense this format in the middle of the workout and, you know, the overhead squats are not an accident that they're in that, that workout. I think the 20 number 20 at the beginning, 20 in the handstand pushups, 20 at the end is, um, in, is intentional. I bet Adrian played around with a few different options there and settled on that for a reason you know, it's the last day. So athletes will have to push. They'll know where they stand. They'll know where they want to be and what they have to do and who they need to beat to get there. So don't be surprised if, um, you know, some athletes take a risk there at the end with the row over at squat once they get there, but also don't be surprised if some athletes kind of come to a pretty screeching halt in the middle on the gymnastics. I mean, especially we're talking about fields of 60. I think you're going to see some people that struggle in that workout just because of the skills it requires. Looking back after completing all that, do you think that the order of the events is probably makes the most sense? I think that the order is somewhat intentional in terms of a few things. The way that they build on each other from a physical perspective, yes. But I also know that when you're organizing events like this, the um, like the time domains matter, the the um, broadcast schedule matters. Like, you know, maybe however long you've rented the venue for every day. Sometimes there's variables on the logistical logistics side that have an impact on that. I think that Adrian most likely did is, you know, got them in the best order that he could or wanted to 
given the parameters that he was forced to work within because of those kind of outside elements. Any final thoughts on the workout? Anything that you want to share? Yeah, you didn't ask me about the last one. Oh, I didn't. Well, I, I figured you quit by then. You're just like, I'm done. So let's, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, those, no, let's, the, let's talk about the last one. A la and the last workout in particular is a workout that most people could just go to their gym and do. It's an echo bike. It's a toes to bar, which is a skill that if you've been doing CrossFit for a few years, you probably have. And it's a sandbag carry, kind of a grunt work thing. So the relative to the other semifinal tests, I say it's kind of the lowest barrier to entry. And but I but I, I was like, if you're just doing that workout, having not done the other ones, how much different is it? And I was at, you know I was um, like I I think that the workout like the whole totality of the work weekend caught up to me in that workout a little bit. I'm not sure that will happen for the elite athletes that are just so much more fit, so much more well-prepared, and will have, you know, all the tools they need to recover, no other outside distractions. So I do think there's a really good opportunity here to see, I wouldn't say like full send, but some pretty aggressive workouts, especially from people who need it. Um, you know, whenever that go bike, like you got to ride the line. Yeah. And then I, and, and outside of that, I think that, you know, There'll be people that get to that last set of toes to bar and they want to go and then either the midline or the grip or something just going to kind of force them to slow down. And I think if that happens, especially for athletes that are kind of on the bubble or whatever, then we'll know that this was like right on the verge of what he was looking for in terms of testing the athletes and pushing their limits. But again, intensity is going to be demanded in the last workout of each day, the last test of each day. And that's sometimes just a matter of how much you're willing to hurt. But, you know, as well as anyone, that's part of this sport. Yeah. I'm already envisioning, even though I don't think he's going to be on the bubble by all means, but I'm just picturing Jason Hopper on that echo bike. Well, it'll be fun if him and, you know, he'll go right against Roman and uh, obviously they'll be uh, put up some tough tough times to beat there. You mentioned you mentioned something about, hey, you could do this work at home. We're actually, uh, we teamed up with Kiefer Lamy, Lamy from uh, Underdogs Athletics and he's actually got an article on Be Friendly Fitness about about all the workouts and how he would scale them, and so that way you can do them at all or at your at your gym. So if you're uh, not subscribed, uh, go ahead to the page, check out, check that out. It's a really cool piece. But uh, now, Brian, final thoughts. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of people were asking, so I just kind of uh, I think that of of all the tests, personally, I had the most fun doing the ring muscle up one, and I think it was just kind of because it was a new skill for me. Probably the least fun doing Linda for this kind of the opposite reason, just because I'd done it before. I do think that this is a pretty pretty well-programmed test if you keep in mind the intent of it, which is to qualify athletes to the CrossFit Games. You know, given the parameters of what, what they're trying to do, you go long, you go short, you have some back-to-back, -back, there's some heavy, there's some high skill. Like, a athletes will have to answer a lot of questions that they should have to answer if they want to compete at the Games. And in that regard, having done it myself, I think that most of these athletes are well-prepared for this test. But despite that, there's still going to be challenges and sticking points for a majority of them by the way nice shirt oh yeah you like that i like that but hey speaking of shirt let's talk merch you like the shirts me and brian are wearing well this part is part of our core collection it's currently available on our online store as well as our newest drop of our semi-final collection click on the link in our bio to check out also if you want to keep continuing to see videos like this with brian's beautiful face smile brian there he is and support future products we have in store for Be Friendly Fitness, consider becoming a Patreon. And our, uh, on our exclusive Patreon page, that link is also in our bio. And uh, yeah, as always, 
like, follow, subscribe, and get alerts on all new videos on this channel. And be friendly, our friends.